everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of It's Your World Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Brown, a.k.a. Dane Allen, a.k.a. Uptown Jordan Brown, a.k.a. Big Buckets Brown. Okay, that's that's probably not going to stick. It's probably never going to stick. But, yeah. Like I start off every episode, how are you? Glad to be back. I know it's been a few weeks and, you know, we had the last episode with Dominique Ward. Thank you. Appreciate you uh, coming on to the show. Appreciate you really just even taking the time to be on. Because I know you are a busy woman, and you did not have to do that. You did not have to be on the show. Like I tell everybody when they come on, I appreciate you coming on. Because you could have said no. That's the main thing is, like, I felt that episode was pretty pretty dope. Because uh, we got to see someone describe what it's like to be an entrepreneur. You know, to start their own small business and really just watch it kind of grow. Watch um, someone describe what it's like to... Put a plan together and uh, execute that plan. You know, when you when you really think about it, you know, starting a business could be challenging in itself or even getting it off the ground and start everything up. That's a huge challenge, too. But to, you know, really find it within yourself, you know, this is something that I'm really good at. This is something I enjoy doing. That's one of the things that I thought was pretty cool about it. You know, she actually enjoys that. She enjoys being creative. She enjoys the creative aspect of it. She enjoys working with the people that she's working with. And I know she says sometimes it might get kind of rough, but you got to sometimes work with people and let them know, hey, this is for you. This is what we're doing. This is how we're going to put it together. You know, this is how we're going to build up um, a very important time in your life. You know, I think she she was discussing what it was like, you know, putting on uh, her first wedding and, you know, to a wedding and like a bridal shower, baby shower, anything like that. Like you were inviting someone in your life to, you know, help you commemorate that, to help you add that on to photo albums. And now you see pictures on like IG and Facebook. You're inviting this person to help plan something that you're going to remember for the rest of your life. I think that's one of those things where you kind of, you just, you got to really, I had to really be like, man, you know what, Dominique, I think that you're doing something pretty dope. I think that that's awesome that you have people that trust you to do this. And that's what it comes down to. Like, you got to really come with it every time when you're planning something like that. You're putting on a wedding. You're putting on a bridal shower. You're putting on a baby shower. You know, you got to really, you got to really bring it and. You know, for her to discuss her style and everything like that and, you know, her whole plan about what it was, what it would be like to work with her. You know, I thought that was pretty dope, you know. When she mentioned having some of her family members work with her and everything like that, like, I think that that was a huge part of the episode for me because, you know, you have to worry about employees and things like that when you are putting together a business. And she had the the mindset of, like, I'm going to have people work for me that know me, and I want to make sure that I make sure that they're paid and everything is up to par with when it comes to that. And I thought that was really, that was really cool to hear her, you know, have a lot of support and her family just looking out for her and everything like that. I, I, I really appreciate her coming on, and I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. But moving forward, um, this week's guest is St. James Jackson, a stand-up comedian here in Chicago, Illinois. He's um, on the Young Hustle Laugh Factory show. I think they have shows every other Friday or so 
And with that being said, I had him come on the show because I thought that watching him in open mics and seeing exactly what type of comic he is and the group that he works with, I've seen them perform two at open mics. And we talk about that on this episode because it's like, dude, watching you guys really just not only put on your own shows, like that in itself is a big deal. And how he mentions how that show grew and how they had people show up at different venues and then it grew to the laugh factor. And it's like, wow, you got to this point where people want you to perform at the laugh factor. Like, the laugh factor is a big deal. And to see that group and not only that group but himself just really be successful at comedy and have a voice, their comedic voice kind of figured out and to see the enthusiasm he has behind his journey and his plan about where he wants to go and what he wants to do like I think that is very very dope and I think I I think people should know who he is and people should try to follow him on Instagram at Life of St. James and to really go out and see a show and come check him out at open mics and he, he discussed that he's writing and things like that and what he wants to do as far as going from Chicago to New York and determining when he's ready and everything like that. Like We talk about a lot of different things. We talk about the discipline and the focus and everything that it takes to get to the next level where he wants to be. I think that's one thing that I think will really stick out in this episode for you guys, you know, to hear him talk about his support system and the different things that um, help push him even more when it comes to comedy. I feel like that's one thing that really just kind of resonates with this episode. Um, but to have him on and not only have him on, but he can just like, you know, he I think he was on his way to an open mic when we did the episode. And he's like, man, you know, I was on my way to do this, on my way to do that. And, and then we meet up and he's talking about it. He's like, man, you know, I just... I wouldn't, I wouldn't do you like that, bro. You know how I do. Again, like I tell everybody, like before this episode even starts, hey, man, I appreciate you being on the show because you definitely could have said no. You didn't have to be on. You didn't have to say, hey, man, I'll sit down with you and be on your podcast. Um, you know, he's a busy dude. And I think you guys will really enjoy this episode. So um, without, well, before I start it up, I want you guys to make sure that you follow St. James on Instagram. At Life of St. James, L-I-F-E-O-F-S-T-J-A-M-E-S. And make sure you look up his show, The Young Hustle Show, at the Laugh Factory in Chicago, Illinois. And that you also follow the podcast page at It's Your World Pod underscore on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also look us up on Facebook and like the page there at um, It's Your World Podcast. And, you know, tell a friend about the show. Don't forget to subscribe and review if you listen on the Apple iTunes app that help us move up the podcast charts. And, yeah, um, follow the show on Facebook. It's your world. Facebook page, like the page. And, yeah.
Hey, you gotta play your ankle. If you a little bit older, you know what you have. That I don't have. You got wisdom. That's but that's true. Okay, you got wisdom. Uh, right, you got it. wisdom. <laughs> you got more things to pull from. You got more connections. My angle was I started young, so what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna try to outwork everybody while I can. That's. I mean, I think when when you start talking about shit like putting together podcasts mm-hmm. and different shows, even having a team, like I said with y'all, like I said, I'm very impressed at the way that all y'all kind of vibe with each other. And then it's cool to like see one person on stage and like everybody else show up or like you just see one, two guys out on their own mm-hmm. and let you know like damn, they really work. It's, like, it's really people, they mm-hmm. really out here putting shit out there, working on the craft. Mm-hmm. But I think ahead, the main thing with y'all is to be so young, like you said, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking about what I was doing. Into it. I mean, I was probably around the same, doing the same shit, but like you really have a great voice. Mm-hmm. Your 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 your. You talking about me? Or yeah, you. I'm talking oh, about you. Thank you. Like bro. your shit, Hopefully. like it, it comes through <laughs> in your comedy, bro. Like it's thank not you. like no, it's not like I'm trying to figure this nigga out. Like no, nah, I really know who Say James is. Like that yeah. means a lot, bro. I appreciate it. And you know what you go get mm-hmm. when you're on stage. Mm-hmm. I'm trying, bro. I mean, that's the only thing you go. For. Uh, people ask me like, "What are you talking about?" And I, it sounds cliche. It's so hard. That's a hard. It's. I'm gonna let you explain how you feel. I, I don't think it's it's difficult to explain that to somebody in conversation. That's it, how I feel. One, it is because comedy doesn't make it's not natural. I get in front of a group of people and talk. That's not really that natural. Mm-hmm. But two, and the cool thing about comedy is I've been doing this for almost five years. Mm-hmm. But and so I'm at a point where like and I and I still go to open mics. I do a lot of shows now, but I still go to open mics and people see me at open mics. And they, uh, they don't understand, like, I'm still working. <laughs> you like, I'm, I'm working. But people see me at open mics and think I don't, like, I'm new to the game. No, you, you do something for so long, it becomes a little bit more natural. Mm-hmm. And people are like, it seems like you, you seem, it seems so natural, like you don't try it. No, I actually try a lot. But the, the cool thing about comedy is when, when you get better, it looks natural. True. And people don't want to take that into consideration. True. But uh, that's all I can say about that. All I was gonna say, what I was gonna say earlier is, I just talk about what I'm going through, bro. Mm. Like I got a whole bunch of jokes about dating a Jewish woman because that's what I'm doing. My first, my opener is I'm dating a Jew because I'm trying to make it a comedy, and I've been told to work smart, not hard. <laughs> that's my first. That's just what I'm doing, right. and that's why I think good art is good art for me. I'm not gonna say what good art is. What I like is that's when, when I get to know who I'm, mess, who I'm watching, and who I'm listening to. Mm. So that's just where I come from. But again, introduce yourself, bro. Uh, hey, man. First of all, thanks for having me, man. St. James Jackson, uh, Life of St. James on social media. I run a show at the Laugh Factory called The Young Hustle Show. Uh, the ladies call me Big Dick James. And he got the spill down already. <laughs> she got it. He, was like, he was like, hold on, wait. I know I remember that. I got this. This is that. It'd be so funny having conversations with people and you expect them, like, hey, man. Like, yeah, do your social media. They're like, oh, let me look it up. Like, no shit. Sometimes I'll be like that. But, like, this man was like, blah, 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 blah. Like, you just got it. Hey, man, I just, I'm, but this is the day and time with social media matters, bro. So you just got to let it out. And uh, also, it's a little nervous. I'm just saying what's on top of my right. head. Ah. <laughs> like, make sure I get everything. I went like show. one. Young hustle, get everybody. <laughs> yeah, I went about Shout one, six, six, five, eight. <laughs> Black, African-American man, brown eyes. What else you need? A birth certificate? You're good, man. <laughs> you good. But where does the comedy start, bro? Like, what what was it for? Confidence or comedy? All of it. Yeah, you could, if you could well, segue into confidence comes from doing it. That's where that comes from. The comedy comes from, I was a little kid. This is my little Tonight Show set, so I'm going to let you have it real quick, all right? For okay. you. I was a little kid. 
I was raised by a, a black woman. She uh, worked a lot of hours, single mom. Mm-hmm. So she, she used to leave me at home during the summers by myself at eight or nine. So we used to steal cables from the Mexicans. So I used to watch Comedy Central all day. I used to see comics. I used to be like, man, I used to vibe with them. So I used to steal their jokes. I would go to school. Crush with I'm out here crushing with Chris Rock jokes. Eddie Mike. People like, this nigga funny. I'm out here crushing <laughs> with Dave. They see it on BET. They can't. So I'm out, I'm out here crushing with jokes. They ain't even know. Murdering. Callbacks and everything. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love with it. And then I got to, I went to Lincoln Park. It's a white school, and I had a lot of white friends. And white people always tell you, chase your dreams. You know, white people faithfully tell you, just, just do it. So I, I did my talent show, and it, it went really well. And then I was like, man, maybe this can happen. It was just that. It was just maybe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, maybe this can happen. I like it. Let me see. And I tried it, and this guy blessed me to yeah, keep, going. keep going. Yeah. I think that's the main thing, too, is... Like everybody I've talked to that's uh, that's done comedy mm-hmm. or anything, to be honest, mm-hmm. bro, it's not even just about chase your dream mm-hmm. thing. The cool thing that I like about sitting down with everybody is how they found out. Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, class clown. I've been. I tell. <laughs> I tell. I tell my girlfriend this because I'm. I'm. I'm real. I'm a better guy now. Because uh, just because that's what life would do to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a kid, I was bad, bro. My mom was never around. My dad was never around. You know, I'm well, you can kind of do whatever the fuck you oh, want. Oh, and and I what that and then on top of that, I needed attention. I mean, I hate to be that comic, but I got on stage because I needed people to know I'm here. <laughs> so when I got in class, I'm always telling jokes. I'm always getting suspended. I'm always getting. I'm always getting in trouble. Got almost went to jail a few times. It's, it was bad for me. But then comedy came around. I'm like, okay. And this is the dope thing about comedy and chasing your dreams. I like I got to a point like two years ago, I'm like, man, I can really probably make it if I just do what I need to do. I'm like, if I just be a little bit responsible and just try and stop trying to fuck off so much, this can happen. I think that's the main thing too, brothers. Like for me it was sports starting out and even mm-hmm. did, I did football. Football, right. Mm-hmm. And I did a whole bunch of shit like Random shit chorus Random nah, shit chorus too, dude. Hey, just, hey I was in there too With you bro <laughs> Right just, And then you do it Like You do something Like that Like you stepping Out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. And for me it's like Okay I'm gonna get on The girls and the stuff Cause they up in there But mm-hmm. When you come Get down to it You start being serious About it You start taking Comedy serious You start taking The podcast and shit Serious and you see Like oh shit Like you said what steps do you? What steps did you take in the last? What you said you've been doing for five years? Like, to, I think you've, from what I've seen, you've taken it to a whole nother level in a way in the last two and a half years. So in the beginning, and coming out of high school, my first step was one, just get comfortable. So mm-hmm. the first time, the first few years, is just let me get on stage, let me find out what to do. Mm-hmm. Now. Two, three years, it's like, okay, let me start to learn about comedies. No, let me rephrase. I'm wrong. First few years is let me learn about comedy. So the first few years is I'm watching everything that comes out. Netflix, Comedy Central, YouTube, all I do is watch comedy. And after that, it's like, okay, let me see how I can apply it. So then two, three, I'm getting on stage three, four times a night. Not every night, but most nights I'm trying to live on. Because once again, I was in college. I'm fell in class. I ain't going to stunt. I'm not killing in college. But I was in college, so my bills were getting paid. So, oh, I'm, I'm fell in college. But, uh, but I'm in college and my bills are getting paid. I did have the wherewithal, the sense to say, okay, if my parents going to pay my bill, I was live, living with my grandma. So if I'm going to live with my grandma, why not at least do comedy? Why I can right. So then I'm going out As much as I can Two three times Then after that Last year It's been like Okay 
I just got a new sales job. I got a sales job, so I'm like, okay, I've been I've been around a lot of money, so I'm like, let me see. I'm not chasing money, but I'm like, I'm also not gonna be dumb about the idea that this is still business. So let me try to learn what business is, so I can put my talent with business and learn how to promote myself and get to the next level. So that's where I'm at right now. I think that's the seriousness of it, bro, to see somebody really just decide, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. These are the steps I need to take, mm-hmm. and then apply it. Like, mm-hmm. how was that? How like how does that feel to really get it to your? I think it's a groove in a way. Oh, it is. It's hard, man. <laughs> right. I'm gonna tell you this. It's funny. You you asking good questions. I'm at a point right now where, uh, where I've been trying to do a lot of this. I've been trying to record myself and write more. I write naturally. I naturally just go in my head. And I write a lot. But I'm like, let me sit down and put fundamentals to talent. And you'd be surprised how hard it is. Even though I love comedy, it's, you still got to work. It's, it's like playing basketball or playing sports. Anybody can play the sport. You know what I'm saying? They said the greatest thing about Michael Jordan is he was talented and he had the fundamentals. Mm. So that's what I'm trying to do. I'm like, okay, anybody can. I, I like comedy. So getting on stage is not the hard part anymore. That's the easy part. Let me do the hard part, which is let me record myself, let me write, and let me... Let me read. I've been trying to read more, just trying to get some more information. Let me read. Let me study. Let me get the fundamentals behind the talent. And if I could do both, I would be unstoppable. I think. I mean, that's what the greats say. If you could do, if you're talented and you work hard, this is told. Is, that's the key. Right. So that's that's what I'm. That's where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, then, and like I said, to see you on stage and like how. It's not even just how comfortable mm-hmm. you are. It's just like the strength of some of the performances, bro. Like even Thank when, you. like when I ever see hopefully you, not, hopefully when they come out, it's not, it's not a bad show. <laughs> I mean, just like, just like seeing you walk into an open mic too, and sometimes I have these nights too. Like, man, I don't even know if I want to. I feel uh, that. Like, I feel uh, that. But that's natural. Don't don't kill yourself on that mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And then like to see you just go up there like. All right, I'm ready. Just turn it on. It's like, bro, like he really just go and then like for for me, just watching you, bro, you build up mm-hmm. and you and you get to a certain point on your point. And then, like you kind of mm-hmm. you kind of got the crowd with you a little bit too. Like I, I like I like how you kind of technical mm-hmm. with it. Is that- I try because my favorite comments. I like the Dave Chappelle's and the Chris Rocks and the Carlins and the Pride. And people mm-hmm. don't give Pride enough credit. Pride. Pride when he went on stage, he had skill though. Mm-hmm. He went up there and he would riff a little bit. He'd right. play with the crowd. He'd tell you a good joke. He'd tell you a goofy joke. He'd play with the crowd. I like people like that. I don't like to be one sided. I, I can go up there and tell talk about my dick all day, but anybody can do it. But I can go up there and tell all these smart jokes, but anybody can do it. I wanna be the guy to be like, hey man. I wanna be the guy to be like, man, fuck bitches get money. But on that same note, man. I want to say some shit about, hey, man, we need to get the kids reading. We need to get the kids doing this. We need to do it. But at the same time, man, these hoes be crazy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the comedy I like, though. I like the Patrice O'Neill where it's like, I can say something profound and get you thinking. But on the same note, I can say some goofy stuff to just make you laugh. Because comedy, I think, is the best comedy is the ones that make you forget about your day. But then make you remember your day because life is real. But then at the end of the day, you still forget about your day and have a good time. That's what I try to do. And that's a, that's another thing that I actually posted another episode with B. Wright. I don't know if you know B. Wright, but... B. Wright? B. Wright. He's a comedian from South Suburbs, and he does a lot of city stuff. But he was talking about, actually, in this very same room that we're interviewing, <laughs> about college. how just not only to be a comic, but in a way... How comedy is taking that shift to almost where it is conscious, mm-hmm. but it's not. Like, exactly. And, and it's the same shit like you said. Mm-hmm. It is hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's, it make you think. Mm-hmm. It make you get serious real quick. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, shit. Like, am I laughing because that's fucked up? Or exactly. Am I- <laughs> that's good comedy in my opinion. Though. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, what's what's the next step, though, man? Like, the next step right now for me, one, New York. That's one. Yeah. 
two, a TV credit would be nice. Mm-hmm. And well, let me go in order because those are two big steps. Next up right now, one just to hone my craft. I feel like I'm getting close to where I want to be, but I'm not where I should be. Mm-hmm. So that's first. Then two, uh, I'm start building a social media presence because that's that's what that's what you gotta do. And then three, just TV credits not too far, something like that. And then I'm gonna move to New York. So that's so it's the move, not just mm-hmm. uh, that's that's that is huge. But to think about it too, with comedy, bro, it's one of the only things. Shout out to Alan Ford, and my man told me this, yeah, like, bro, Alan. you know, you can do comedy until you 50, 60 something. Oh, then I, I used to get in my head about that, but I'm like, man, I love. It. I love uh, sports, man. I love basketball. But at the end of the day, bro. That's the only. That's one of the only things you can really do. Exactly. Like. <laughs> and, but at the end of the day, like you said, you can only get like 12 years, 14 years of ball, bro. I mean, <laughs> unless you LeBron James, you only get, I think, the average uh, career in basketball is like 13 years, mm-hmm. right? As a comedian, your career don't start to 10. Or eight, eight to ten. Well, you you know, think seven it. to ten. Or even just building up to that point exactly. where you go get your break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the one thing that is so funny about comics is we are some of the most patiently impatient. Oh, completely. <laughs> Comple- and, it, and it drives you nuts. And comedy, that, and that's the thing I tell all my musician friends. I'm like, not the crap of music. But they, and music, my friends are like, man, music's so much harder. I'm like, I, I want to give y'all that. But y'all have this beautiful thing called a one-hit wonder. <laughs> yeah, you can make money off one song. Uh, it is so <laughs> many musicians that are loaded from one song, not one album, one song. You've never heard a comic like, tell one joke. He's like, man, I told you one paid, shit joke. And then over been, and over for it. Every time you heard exactly, it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, it just don't happen that way. And it's, I think that's, for me, bro, that's a part of what, keeps me going mm-hmm. about it. And it's such a weird, like, quandary to be in. Like, oh, my God, I want to be here. Like you said, I want to make that move to New York. I want But if I'm being honest with myself, like, am I ready for that move? You got to. Gee. You got, but here's the thing about success. <laughs> you got to be honest and you got to be delusional. Okay? It's crazy. Honest and delusional. You got you to gotta be more delusional than honest, too, to be real. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. We live, we, we playing a game with... The, it's only 1% of us going to make it to the level that we want to make True. So for us to make it there, we got to lie to ourselves a little bit, man. Bro, and that's a little bit how people tell me the same thing, bro. Like, you know, okay, well, you play football and you ain't make it to the level. There. But, like, but for me, that that the drive for okay, this. Like the motivation. That motive. I don't know why I have that. Do you want to prove people wrong? But, I fuck with but it. even that idea, like, okay, you went from what? Millions of kids playing high school sports. Then you go to what five hundred thousand. Then you actually in that little pool of maybe a good ten, fifteen thousand that might actually be able to play at the next level. Mm-hmm. Like when when you feel that, and you almost feel that with comedy. But with comedy, bro, it's not so much a joke. It could be a set that you can just okay, that'll get you going, you know, and you you kind of had, a, like you said, that delusional idea, like, you never know who will be in the crowd. Exactly. Like, you never exactly. know. <laughs> and you need that to keep you going, man, because this is hard. Then there's that time everybody wants to be an artist, rightfully so. It's a fun thing to do, mm-hmm. but it's, 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 it's a lot of competition, and you need something to keep you, to keep pushing you. So sometimes you got to lie to yourself, bro. <laughs> sometimes you got to look at you, man, but hey, man, I'm kind of cute today, bro. <laughs> I be I wake up every morning like man, hey man, I'm pretty sexy, bro. I can be Denzel. You can't lie to yourself, bro. I ain't gonna be Denzel, but you like gotta that. get there. Man. That's how you feel. It's the old saying, "Fake it till you make it." Fake but actually, I don't, I don't have a problem with that saying. I more so have a problem with the saying and not putting the work. Oh, I. But that you and you're 100 percent correct. 
fake it till you make it, assuming you working to make it. But I agree with you completely. Yeah. So what's coming up with uh, your shows and everything, man? Like, I, I don't know if I've seen any advertisements, but I might just... Uh, so, I know you haven't. Uh, our Young Hustle show is the last Friday of every month at the Laugh Factory. Okay. Now, I run another show at the Playground Weekly. It's BYOB. It's a college show at 10 o'clock. And then that's the only two shows that, off the top of my head, and I do a lot of bar shows all mm-hmm. over the city. And I do club spots all over the city. How did Young Hustle come about? That whole crew, man. We were just talking about them early on. Uh, man, I met. Cl- this is funny. So me and Clay met at a, at the Annoying Theater. Okay. We met. Uh, we was hitting on this. We was hitting on the same white girl. There's <laughs> always a beautiful white woman in the <laughs> equation somehow. It was crazy. Clay don't even like white women. He like black women. That's what's so crazy. That's about interesting. Because Clay is a character. Man. <laughs> He's actually a solid follow on Instagram. If you what is it? Oh, the uh, blonde wonder. The blonde, <laughs> the, the underscore blonde wonder. Follow. Oh, He's IG. funny. He's a great follow on Instagram. Any social media platform. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm gonna tell him. He's gonna have a good time with that one. Um, we we met. We hit it off immediately, man. We was a good friends. And then I was like, at that time, we met probably like. April. We probably met like October, December, October, November, like four years ago. And I was like, man, my birthday was coming up. My man, like, man, what if I, like, I want to do a show? But I was like, I can't do it by myself. I was friends with this guy named Ali at the time. And we were like, I was talking to him about it. And Clay had just came in the fold. So I was like, man, let me bring Clay into it, which was the best thing that happened to me. Because Clay, I was telling you, he had more of the leadership that I didn't have at the time. He's he's like a year and a half older than me, and is naturally a better leader than I am, mm-hmm. which is cool because he was the leader, and I had to pull in the talent at the time. He's very funny, but at the time, I was like <clears throat> a year, year and a half more than him. So I had the talent, and people like me. I kind of had to face already, and I had the connections to get people there. So I had to face, he had the brains, and we just came, and Ali had to work after it. So we came in and just happened to work. We started in Humble Park in a small wow. bar, and we did the show upstairs. Wow. When it was abandoned, right? It wasn't abandoned, but upstairs was abandoned. They didn't use it. it was a, uh, in Humble Park, it was a Puerto Rican guy that I don't know how I met him, but he let me do it there. And um, uh, in the first show, it was just, uh, it was, uh, it was just my family. Mm-hmm. But good thing I, I got a black family, so it was about 50 of them niggas. So it was just my family. <laughs> just and, my family. <laughs> and it was my family, Clay's a few friends, and Ali's two, three friends, and he wasn't from Chicago. So it was about, not 50, it was about like 40 people in there. 30 my family, 35 my, 30 my family, 15 of their friends, their friends. Mm-hmm. So it was packed to the wall, it was a bunch of, of our favorite comments at the time, and we crushed the first show, and we did that for a few months. And then we we uh, came together like we're not making any profit. We're not not even profit. We were like the bar isn't supporting us because we were bringing them like fifty people a show, and they wouldn't even put a wait staff up there. And they but we were bringing them fifty. Now in their defense, they had about twenty. They had about twenty. They had fifty. But you know they probably it was a Puerto Rican restaurant. You know how Puerto Rican they real close. They had their people downstairs, so they right. cared about their people. But we were like, man, if you just bring some drinks, if you just bring one way cap up there, you probably easily make it four or five hundred dollars that night. Easily. Mm-hmm. Cause my family, everybody's drinking. It's a good show. It's an hour and a half. So we're like, let's move it to another place. So we go <laughs> to um we go to a, a Riverview Tavern up north and we do a few shows there. We pack it out. We pack so one thing we have in common is we're packing out all the shows. So everything is just hidden from everything. We're trying our hardest to get every show we can. We missed one or two shows, but that's of course you know, everything comes with that. Failure comes with everything. 
Uh, we missed a few shows, but more than that, we're packing out every show. And the whole concept of our shows was that we tried to feature ourselves so that way we can get better. Now, by feature ourselves, we don't mean like, we was just on every show we did. Every show we did. So everybody was consistently doing this. So it was, it was us three plus four or five other comics. <laughs> and idea was this, we're going to put the best comics we can. And we not being good comics. We're going to try to keep up with the best comics in the city. And that's what happened until we finally caught up four or five years later now. Me, Clay, and the new producer, Scott, Skyler and Nick, are some of the best comics in Chicago. And uh, then, this is what happened. Uh, if I'm being a hunter, I'm going to give you a hunter, right? I was uh, talking to this girl, and she happened to be working at one of the clubs. And uh, she happened to give us an in at one of the clubs. So we get a guest spot at the club downtown. Well, she didn't give us in. We already had an in, but she kind of smoothed it a little bit. <laughs> Uh, and then we, so we get our first spot downtown, and we're like, okay, we're like, we have one shot, just try to pack it out, so we sell out this place downtown, Young Hustle Takeover, about 150, we sell it out, and then from there, we go, okay, what's the biggest thing in Chicago? The Laugh Factory. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest club in, I mean, that's not, you know, Chicago. So this is like a, it was a process. Oh, and just build the course of a few years or Yep, we're going, I think, this year be our three-year anniversary. Wow, I'm so happy. Dude, I, I feel like that's impressive, man, to have a group come together mm -hmm. and stick together mm -hmm. through that whole thing and then to build on something like that, mm -hmm. dog. So, I, like I said, I got to commend y'all for it. Thank you, bro. Like, when I see the advertisement and everything for y'all shows, I'm like, man, this motherfucker's really working. <laughs> oh, that's all we can do, man. And and we and the cool thing about it is just because we love doing it. That's it. We love doing it. Don't get don't get me wrong. We all want to be like famous and good and great and legends. So we got that in the back of our head. But at the same time, I just like telling jokes. I mean, I work a real job downtown. I don't want to do that the rest of my life. Mm. I would like to do that for maybe two more years and to be able to say I tell jokes for a living. And honestly, it might not be two more years. It might be a year, but still, we'll, we'll see. It's the confidence right there. I see you, man. I'm trying, man. <laughs> you got to appreciate it, too, bro, because you got to. so many people start off in something. And like, what was it like when you started off and you're like, man, dude? Oh, man. This is rough. If I'm being real with you, I still get the doubts, man. I, I do spots at Laugh After. One of the youngest comics doing spots consistently at the club. Still get nervous, man. I still get nervous. I still go, what if I make, make a mistake? But that's... Part of it, this is what people think. You don't get to a certain level and you just stop caring. It's That's not, what people think. <clears throat> I don't think it's you stop caring. I think you stop giving so much power to the doubt. You stop mm -hmm. giving so much That's power powerful. to yeah. the nerves. Mm -hmm. In a way, you kind of always want to keep that. It's just like, I know I'm in a relationship right now, but she's listening, but when you're trying to talk to a chick, like, it's like, you when you when you was a kid, you'd probably be nervous to say, yeah, say shit, but then you get older, you're just like, you don't even know if, I'm not even like real smooth with it, but you know, I'm, I'm doing this, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But, like, when you get up there on stage, like you said, I do the same. I, I mix and match my shit. I don't know how you do yours, but I take different sets and put them together and see how they I work that way. Like, I like that's, that. That's my I feel way it. of doing it. But I think that helps me keep a little bit of focus and keep mm -hmm. those nerves going okay. a little bit to get better. Mm -hmm. But I don't know how it is for you. But <laughs> Man, I don't, I don't. The only process I have right now is, I'm just getting on stage and trying to talk about whatever, whatever I feel. Not whatever. I have jokes I want to work on, but more than that, I just want to get on stage and just stay. I just like my thing is if I if I get to the open mic, and especially if I get to a show, I'm going to do what I need to do. You know what I'm saying? If I'm sitting down at the show, I'm like, okay, I'm alright. So my the way I trick myself into it is I go, let me just get to the open mic. If I get to the open mic, I'm going to write. I'm going to listen to my set because I'm that I'm. 
you know, if, you, if I get to the gym, I'm going to shoot the shot. The hardest part is getting to the gym. So that's just how I feel about that. Does that have anything to do with playing ball, or is that? You oh, know, I love. Or you just using metaphors like J Cole or something? I don't know. Nah, that's like no, 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 no. Everything I look comedy. I look is I look at show business the same way I look at sports, man. You gotta want it more. You gotta believe in yourself, and you gotta figure out how to play the game better than other people. Mm-hmm. I think comedy is, is show business, not comedy, but show business is kind of a correlation to sports. Anything, everything, all the great intangibles. Tom Brady, Michael Jordan has. You can see it in the, the Dave Chappelle's. You can see it in the Leonardo DiCaprio's. You can see it in all the great people in show business because it takes the same drive. All of this is drive. You just gotta want it. Talent only gets you. Talent only gets you so far. True. The other part is working hard. Chris Rock, Louis C.K. I'm not even a huge Louis fan, but he he has a he he tells a lot about how he was bad for most of it. Seinfeld does a joke. Most of the time, you do be trash. Oh, yeah, you be but trash. you gotta be honest with yourself to say like that shit. You try. And he won the greatest comic right now. Most white people, some black people. I think he, if I've been honest, he's top ten. You gotta give him that. Mm. I'm not a huge fan, but I respect greatness. You know what I'm saying? That's true. So, and for him to say I was bad for most of my career makes you go, oh, all you gotta do is just keep working. Jerry Seinfeld said, the interview interviewer asked Jerry Seinfeld, what's the difference between you and your friends? Jerry goes, my friends went to work. Isn't that powerful? The difference between me and my friends is they got a job. I just kept going. And that's that's the battle, bro. Just keep going. Wow. I never heard that quote before. But. I and think I about think, it all the time. This is the thing, too. We talk about like comedy, bro. We talk about influence. You already mentioned Pryor. You already mentioned O'Neal. And then you talk about Seinfeld and Louis. Like, Seinfeld, to me, puts me in the mind of, like, that's kind of where you want to be. And I think is that is that the comedy you like? You like Seinfeld? It's not so much liking the comedy. I actually right now I'm really into like what Chris Rock is doing, mm-hmm. and that's only because it's like listening to like an old man in a barbershop talk. Oh, about it. but I it's love so it. Yeah. Real. It's so <laughs> real. Yeah, I love me some Chris Rock, bro. Like he would be like one of the old cats that come into the barbershop, be like, "Damn, we got a nice." But you can't tell him shit, right? But he's like, "Yeah, if I if I talk about him, he know what the fuck he's talking Mm -hmm. about." Mm -hmm. But like when you think about Seinfeld, I'm talking about the way his career is and how not it was huge with the show and everything. But then it was like, "Okay, yeah, I'm good. I had enough." Like, and I feel like that's something he he kind of. You you ever hear the story about Seinfeld where he goes, uh, "They go, I just we just cut it because Seinfeld goes." Whatever the last season was, he goes. We cut it after that. Cause I knew we had nothing else, mm-hmm. and they wanted to sign. They wanted to sign him for two to three more, more seasons. seasons, for a stupid amount of money too. I think they wanted to sign sign for for like two more, three more seasons for like one fifty million, wow. one seventy five. And he said no. He like we we done everything we could, and I want to put out garbage. And that yeah, you can't you can't deny somebody who goes. I don't want to put out garbage. But once you get to that point where it is like. Even with this, with the podcast, it's it's a matter for me. It started off, like I said, some of the phone interviews, you can't even tell what to do on the phone. Or I when, you sit, right when you sit down. <laughs> but that took time. And, like, not saying I'm on Seinfeld status right now, but, like, when you get to that point, you're like, all right, you want to do this? It's got to sound like this. You want this on it. You want that. You want you got it. But that means, all right, you need to make sure that you can hit up somebody like say James and, and, and look around the library and see if you see a dude here. You know what I'm saying? But anybody, but, like, it really takes that time when you get to that point, like, oh, this sounds great. Or even when you're in the studio, mm-hmm. it's a totally different game. Mm-hmm. But you're right. When, when you get on stage, how is it for you from set to set? Like, I like to hear comics talk about that idea of, like, I, not just bombing for the mm-hmm. first time, but when you bomb and then you do good, you bomb, you like, oh, man. 
I, what I'm at right now is every session because I discovered one thing I've learned from comedy is everything's different. Mm-hmm. That's why if you see me more more than like more than not when I get on stage, I'm gonna acknowledge whatever I see in the room. That's every set I do. I go bunch of white people, I'm gonna say something about white people, a bunch of black people, I'm gonna say something about black people, bunch of there's a weird venue, I'm talking about the venue. Not because I'm playing to the crowd necessarily, but I think yeah, exactly. Actually, I'm wrong. I am playing to the crowd because it that's what... It gets them involved and it, feel included. Exactly. And also, I'm getting myself in the mindset that this is what this room is. So let me... You know what I'm saying? Let me be here. Because it'd be time... Like, it'd be time, like... Like, uh, if it's, like, uh, like a hot room and everybody doing, like, super fast jokes or something like that, I'll go right... If you took away the... I'll go right there, slow down. Like, okay, let me switch up the pace. Let me do what I want to do. Some and the reason why I try to riff off top is because I want to get them in my mood. I want them to go. I want to get them at the pace I want to go. I don't want them to control me. That's what a lot of new comics do. They let the crowd control them. And I still do it a little bit because I'm not that. But like I said, even with before, like not even just compliment you, bro, on that. But there is a there's a difference in being on stage or in front of people and being in the room. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I agree. And I think you do that very well, bro. And even when you are in those smaller rooms, I think, I don't know if you, you did Derrick J's open mic one time and it was just like, we were all so close together mm-hmm. and then you really like, okay, we're not just here listening to him. It's like we're sitting and chilling in somebody's living room. He's really talking to us. Mm-hmm. And like, you, you do have that animation and everything that you do bring it down a little bit it's just I'm trying bro I try to I try to bring something new to every set and that and as a comic that's hard to do because we sometimes we we only have the jokes we have so that's why I like to acknowledge where I see what's what's around Mm -hmm. me because that might be the only thing I could bring it's like hey man we're in the library, man. Who the fuck reading books at this time? I mean, th- but that might be all I get. reading books. <laughs> exactly. But that might be all I have to, for me to say we are on the same level so you should be able to enjoy what I'm saying because I'm not talking down to you. Right. That's the whole point of me acknowledging the room is go, I'm here with you. Now, let me wrong. I'm also doing that as a performer to also kind of technically better use if we be talking as performance because me to go, okay, we're on the same level. But really, I'm not. Well, see, that, but, that's the improv term I was going to have, but I asked you about that next. Have you ever thought about doing something like that at all? What? Improv or like uh, sketch comedy? I, know I, I, I want to do more sketches. I'm going to probably start doing some improv classes before I leave. It's between improv and acting. I might just start taking professional acting classes. One or two, though. Why? why? Do you take improv? Or just well, I, see, I, t- I took um, improv at Second City. Mm, how did you like and that? It was different. Because you're so used to being on stage by yourself mm-hmm. and then having to work and like rely on other mm-hmm. people. So like you said, bring that same energy. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, I think to me the best part was having people who have done improv before exactly. in the class with mm-hmm. me. So I kind of felt like, I think you better figure this out. Uh, <laughs> like, that's how I, I like improv. I think it's a good tool. Uh, I my problem with improv, I've done it a few times, is me being a comic, you probably have the same problem with you being a funny guy. Mm. Is you try, my mind naturally just jumps ahead of the joke. Mm. So my thing in the, the rule of improv is to live in the moment because you don't know what's going. But me being a comic and like a fun and, I, and an okay joke writer, if you talking about this, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what we take this. But then if you turn it this way, I'm a little screwed. I'm like, man, I have a great punchline right here. 
here, and you took it away from me. And then that's that's always been my problem is I don't like to live in the moment with improv. But, I like to be ahead. Of it. But like you said, that's, I think that goes back to like that class clown type of idea. Mm-hmm. You see something happen in the class. Oh, exactly. Like, oh, shit, look at this. No, you, you try to hop on it. Mm-hmm. But even when someone's doing uh, improv or somebody has a bit that they they're working, and then you say what you want to say, then you have to learn. Like, okay. I can't use it right away because they took it that way. And maybe I can put it in mm-hmm. this way in the crowd response. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot of different things. And it's a great tool to have. And the cool thing about improv, I will say this for all my all the comments I have who are friends who do improv, they naturally are better performers. Mm-hmm. I would say that improv does give you that, just, it gives you a looseness that I, I love. But uh, naturally, I already had the looseness, so that came with it. But, it but you, like, I want to give it more. It does. And I, that's why I actually want to do improv a little bit more. Cause I, I feel like, cause I like to, I'd like to do actors. I love Cat Williams. Cat Williams is like one of my favorite comics. So I've always been a guy who like, I want to perform. So I want to do more improv just to help me perform a little bit. Cause I, I'm an okay performer, but I know I could be better. So mm-hmm. that's why I might start taking some classes. Just cause. No. All right. Uh, what are you like outside of the comedy, man? Like as a person. <laughs> is, I mean, if is I'm it the same person you... on stage, is that done on purpose? Is you know? Nah, I'm blessed enough to be the exact. I mean, I, exaggeration, of course, on stage. But I'm the same guy, man. Everything I do on stage, I do off stage. I'm just a big clown. I like playing basketball. Big, I like to. I like to hoop a lot. I mean, from Chicago, uh, that's expensive. Oh man, I love. So, it. I, in, in my opinion, the best basketball in the world. But hey, don't. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I, love, oh, pff, I love it, man. Oh yeah, we got real hoopers. Especially you go out south, man. We got people. They gonna beat you. They gonna beat you to the ground <laughs> and still cross you over. Bro. We got finesse and strength. You can't beat that. There's a lot of different types of ball players. Oh man. yeah, and it was crazy. We can talk about that. <laughs> but what's crazy about Chicago is you go out south. They gonna play you rough. But if you go up north, them white kids gonna keep with the fundamentals. The white boys up north in Chicago can hoop too. Stop playing. Very and then true. you find the middle ground. You find both of them. You get good ball, bro. I like playing basketball. I think that's right now. Cause I've been doing so much comedy. That's, I'm mostly comedy. I got a new job, which is fun, man. I work downtown in sales, and that's cool for me because I'm 22 and working this big boy job is teaching me responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So that's good. And then um, just got a girlfriend. Didn't think that was gonna happen. <laughs> I think it's out. and it's not even like because you don't think you can get the girl. It's just like you be so focused, bro. Oh, like for so me, focused. and what's crazy is I was on a. So, in high school, I was I, I didn't do nothing in high school. Came out of high school, wasn't doing that much. And then I, I, I had a little hot spree for like two, two and a, year, two and a half years. I was, I, was, I was feeling it, bro. Like, I started, comedy was going well. I started to learn how to talk to people. You couldn't tell me nothing, bro. I'm not down a few of them. And then it was like this, I went through this little dry street. Because I think it's the girl I, I really wanted. I couldn't get her. So I'm like, man, if I don't get her, I don't want nobody. So I didn't get her. So I'm like, man, I'm off women. I'm off women forever. I'm just going to focus on comedy. As soon as I said that, I got like a month, two months of good working, and then she came. <laughs> then she came. And I'm not mad. She's the best thing that happened to me right now. But still, that's how it worked, man. As soon as, if I would have like, stood out there trying to get her, it would never happen. But as soon as I'm like, man, let me just do comedy for a while. How is it like balancing the comedy in life, man? Comedy in life? It's fun. It's the same. <laughs> I think when you, for me, it's like, I got so much shit going on. Oh, so much. It gets stressful, but what I what I've learned, and, and this is the reason why I love comedy and doing comedy, because it's, it's taught me to dot my eyes and cross my teeth. Because as a young kid, this is a problem I've had my whole life. Because I've always been that kid, and I'm like, okay, I know this. I know I can skip these many amounts of classes. And I'm good. I'm good. I've always been that kid. I've always been that kid that's like, okay, I know I can do this one paper and get a C. I've always been that guy that's like, okay, I can get here. 
10 minutes late, and my teacher will give me that because he ain't going to be too mad. 15 minutes late, he might give but 20 minutes, that's too much. So I come in at 18. Mm-hmm. I've always been that guy, like, I'm going to see how far I can get it. But then I got a life, and life kicked my ass for a few years. I'm like, oh, you can't do that in life. And kind of, that's why I told you in the beginning. Comedy taught me, like, hey, man, if you can be that guy to half-ass it. You probably, I might be lucky enough to still make it half-assing it, but that'd be in 15, 20 years. Maybe if I get my shit together, <laughs> I, could be the, I could be lucky enough to make it in five or eight years. But all, it's what you want. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I'm just going to get my, I'm going to try I'm talking all this shit. I want you to talk to me two years nah, later. I mean, see, the, the thing same is, <laughs> like what I said, I want to have people on. It's like, I want people to hear myself and whoever else, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'm putting on the show at the beginning of everything. Mm-hmm. And it's still, you just said, you probably won't get your break. For real, for real, if, you, if people think about it, like maybe shit don't pop off until year eight of comedy. Mm-hmm. And you already, what? Five, you know, so this ain't the beginning, but it's probably some more shit that's gonna yeah. be talked about later on. No, exactly. I wish you could get there. I appreciate it, but here's be honest, but if you got if you're being real, you dig this is the beginning of the like the real good first few years is uh, me fucking around doing all my you really dig it. This is the beginning. I'm just now doing clubs and making money off comedy. I feel confident calling myself a comedian. The first few years, like anybody else, I was young. I wouldn't, if we came on the podcast, I was having a comic on the podcast, we were doing podcasts, but if we were talking outside, well, yeah, you know, I'm just a student, I do comedy, you know, I'm not a student, I dabble, but now you talk to me, but yeah, I do comedy, my day job is sales, but my my life is comedy, so you call me right, right at the point where I'm like, I can say on this podcast, and in real life, I'm a comedian. Mm-hmm. How does that feel to say that? Though? It feels amazing, it does, it took a long time to get here, bro, it took a very long time to get to the point, and I'm happy I'm here. I think for me, I kind of had that little apprehension a little bit. Then it's like, I think, to be honest, bro, for me, it wasn't just family. It was more so like the most when friends start being honest and Mm -hmm. like, or like friends of your family, like people like, this nigga doing comedy? And oh, then, man. And they see him be like, oh, man. Oh, kind of, you kind of funny. <laughs> it's like, all right. Like, get that confidence a little bit. And then you take it outside, and people are like, man, you got some good, you got some good material. And, and I think, to me, that was, like, the satisfaction I needed to be like, that's some of it, like, oh, keep going, keep going. No, what is it like for you, man? If I'm being real with you, I've always wanted to do this. It just, it feels really good because it feels like I'm actually getting close to my dreams. Mm-hmm. And I'm not close to where I want to be, but I know I'm on a path, and you can't beat that. That's I can't. I I can't, I'll be I'll be sitting here lying to you. Like I'm. First of all, it's a humbling experience. One, but two, also it's just an amazing feeling to go. Man, I'm doing what I want to do, and 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 honestly, almost makes me want to cry a little bit because I'm like, even if I don't it's, make it past this part, I'm like, I did something I didn't think I had the balls to do. And I think, bro, when you think about it like that, it's it's just like this. There's no. I think they have it now, but like, there's no set path for mm-hmm. com- comedians. There's no set path. Exactly. For comedians. Like, there's no set path to make it. So I'm like, I guess you can go to school nowadays, but it's just like you still have to be in the right room at the oh, right same. time. Oh, <laughs> most of the stuff in life. Have I mean, love the team stuff. behind you, yep. like you said, you know, to help mm-hmm. build you up and get you to that point, mm-hmm. man. Like, I, like I said, that's the one of the most impressive things is just being like, it's sort of like watching for me, watching kids play like college ball, mm-hmm. and I see them like, damn, like. This was, those dudes like five, six years younger than me. And then to see somebody doing comedy, doing the same type of thing for me, it's like, it's sort of the same thing, bro, to see y'all whole team, bro. And then, like, it's, I hope to get y'all in it. Like, this is, hopefully, this is oh, a start of like a, a comedian's corner type of thing for It's Your World, man. And oh, man. Get the whole if you speak it, if you build it, they will come. 
The Field of Dreams, classic movie. Uh, influences outside of comedy. So I'm talking about outside. music, okay. uh, not just extracurricular activities. Okay. <laughs> but, I, got, know, I got a few. I don't know if that what you're reading. Uh, okay, I'll I give you a few things. Uh, Jay, Jay-Z, I like him. Really inspires me to be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Kanye before the craziness. I liked him. I still like him. He, I will admit he's tripping right now, but I do love Kanye. Uh, That's a true Kanye fan right there, nigga. Yeah. I got something for you later on, so go ahead. Um, my favorite book uh, is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm-hmm. I fuck with that. I like this book called Mastery. I like that. Uh, um, my uncle. Got an old-fashioned uncle. One of my uncles like, man, if, if you if you want it, you just got to wait for it. But also, he's, he, I love, he's one of my old-fashioned, one of my old-fashioned type of uncles that takes some shit like that. But I'm saying, hey, man, but uh, after you get that money, don't forget to get a little pussy with it. You, know? <laughs> you only get the money for the pussy, but uh, then on top of that, I say, all right, but don't miss Bible study. Like, how do you say all three of those are the same? It's, it's, it's just the balance, man. Exactly. You how, do you say, balance. how do you say all three of them are the same thing? You hey, work hard, balance, get pussy, bro. go to church. What? <laughs> What? That's a bit in itself right there. So. It is. I might write that down, actually. If, but I'm being honest with you. I got an uncle I love, Uncle Sam and Auntie Valerie. And they uh, they live on the west side. They they run a daycare. And they just do it in the, the basement of their house. I just see them get up and make an honest living. And, but what's so crazy about my uncle is he used to tell me how he used to game, bang, and sell drugs. And, uh, it's what, and I love him. So to see him, I wrote a sad spot, to, to see him be this guy and then changed his life just because he wanted to to this honest man get married and I'm not going to say honest man because I'm not saying that's what you have to do but that's what he wanted he to do grew. and he did like, exactly and so to see somebody to do that to grow like that goes okay I honestly think that's the reason why I was able to snap out so quick because I've been living with him for a few years with grandma he was living in the basement for a while and see him go okay I got to take care of my wife let me stop being a clown. Let me go get me a real job. And then he was smart enough to open, him up, open up a daycare, and now he's living well. So I'm like, okay, it's ways to make it if you want it. If you think about it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I love my uncle. I love my grandma. She's some, she's old-fashioned black woman. She loved Jesus. But I've never seen her one for anything. She took care of my granddad for 10 years when he went down. I used to help her. That's the reason why I loved her. So I watched her take care of him and never complain, bro. Just never complain. That's the cool thing about having a grandma like that that loves Jesus, they don't complain. And if you see them do something like that, but I'm saying, you see them do something like that, you go, man, I'm complaining about what? What am I complaining about? She took care of her husband. That probably wasn't even that great of a husband. I don't know. I didn't know my, I knew my, I didn't know my granddad. There's something to be said about somebody who's willing to put it all on the line. All on the line. Just watch. you taking care of somebody. That you, if you in love with that person or you love that person, this person who took their life and they like mm-hmm. merge with yours mm-hmm. and they're wasting away right in front of you. Exactly. Damn. And I've never seen her I've never seen her complain or say I hate my life just kept doing it. Her I got a lot of good family man. My mom I'll tell you this she wasn't she wasn't able to, to take care of me the way now that I have white friends I see what she probably should have but she took care of me to her best abilities and taught me the skills I needed which was if, if if we have each other, she told me all the time. If we got each other, we we we're doing well. Right. So I've learned to I've learned to just to enjoy the simple things, and that's 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 my whole thing. That's my whole life right now. My life is I tell jokes. I'm gonna be happy. I tell jokes. I'm just gonna be happy that I get to do my stuff. I think that off the top of my head, I think that's all I get off top. That I'm that's true. I like off top. If you give me if you give me a few seconds, I probably think of somebody else. But doing the people that are close to my heart. 
My grandma, my mom, my aunties, my uncles. Love Jay. Love Kanye. Uh, I love Kevin Hart. But you say outside of Kevin Hart's quote, Will Smith. I love Will Smith. I just love people who just say work hard. Because anything, I don't think I'm that talented. Now, everybody keep telling me I'm talented, but I don't believe that. I believe I've worked hard to get here, so I like people who tell so you me. you have to you, build on the talent. Like, yeah. I think that's another thing, too, that people don't really see when, it's, when you talk about comedy and, like, really trying to get on stage. It's like, all right. I'm going to sit up here and go on stage. Like, even with y'all crew. Like, I'm pretty sure y'all have that competition between y'all. It's oh, like, we do. And it's fun, though. Like, damn, I have to follow this dude. And I got to keep, like, dude, we got to have a great fucking show. Yep. Like, everybody just kick ass. Like, yep, <laughs> yep, yep. yep. <laughs> like, everybody's talented. You, you competing. And you, and you saw where you started at. You know where you started mm-hmm. at. And they say, okay, well, you talented, bro. You talented. He's like, yeah, but I have to do this. And I had to do that. But then sometimes it's cool because you don't have time to explain all <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, three things you would tell somebody just starting out doing something creative, bro, or even just starting out in comedy, music, anything, dude. Three things you would tell them. First of all, one, make sure you love it. If you love it, that's the key. It's cliche, but cliche is the cliches for a reason. Love it. Two, always start with the end in mind. Well, the thing I learned recently from reading this book is see where you want to go. And work your way back. I, I tell people, if you're going to do something, just get a board, big ass board. I want to be here. To get here, I got to get here. To get there, I got to get here. And if you, it's a podcast, so what I'm saying is just write everything out from top to bottom. Write shit down. All right, so one is love it. Two, start with the end in mind. Find the big, find your goal, whatever you want to be, and go, how am I going to get there? And just write the, write the steps out. Right. And you don't got don't, and don't make it too much for you. Just one time do it so you know what you want to be. Because your mind, the cool thing about our minds, I, I, I read a lot of self-help books. I ain't going to stop. I, mean, I do. I read a lot of self-help books. books. They get you, like, and it's not even just one book that, like, not even an entire book. Like, you might just see one thing. That's that's how beautiful oh, the human and I read a lot of them. And, but one thing they all have in common, they tell you, if you want it bad enough, your mind will make it way. Exactly. Yep. So if you picture what you want to be and go, how can I get there and go there? And then three, I will say, if I'm being realistic, learn the fundamentals. And master the fundamentals. And then everything else usually comes with it. Another thing I usually ask each guest is, where are they on the Kanye West confidence? Ha, that's, that's, I don't know if you heard it or you listened to it, but everybody's like, man, this is it. So you got to go from college dropout to what? Now it's yay. Like, yeah. where are you at right now on that discography? Like, so how confident are you or are you in what you got going on, the material that you're working on? I would say this. <laughs> I would say this about Kanye West. He's a genius and uh, I think he works. I honestly think his net, I don't know, bro. This is the problem with him. <sighs> He's crazy. That's the, <laughs> that's the problem with him, but I love him and, and I, and I I feel like this next album is gonna be a banger, just cause that's just what he does, bro. You put his wall, you put him against the grip. Remember Taylor Swift? People like, man, this this nigga an asshole. Then he dropped uh, my dark, beautiful, twisted fantasy, and a lot of niggas. I like this, not my. I like college. I mean, I like uh, graduation better. But most of my friends love that. So I think he'll drop something hot. I think here's my thing. I would say this about him. I think he means well. His problem is he does not communicate well. We all know it, and. He's so smart, but he just, but he he has that one vital flaw where he doesn't know how to talk, so things just get jumbled. I think he I honestly I have no doubt in my mind he means well. I just think he doesn't know how to communicate, and then we live in the generation where everybody wants to make people the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Well, he he made it easy though. I ain't gonna sit here and say he didn't make that he shit did, easy. He did, he did. 
but I think he I, I honestly believe he means well. I would say that. But well, my 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 friend tells me uh good intentions well hell was, was the, the road to, to hell, hell was paved with good intentions. So yeah, I think he means well. I think he I think he's still for the black community. I just think he's a little bit lost. That's right. Anything you want to plug? Because now we reach the end of the show. That's Man, like first of all, day. thanks for having me, bro. This was no, super thank you, fun. Because uh, you could have said no. <laughs> nah, I could have. I wouldn't do it like that, man. All Appreciate right. that. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Young Hustle show last Friday of every month at the Laugh Factory, ten o'clock. Uh, and that's it. Oh, Playground Theater every Thursday. Uh, uh, undergrad, uh, undergrad, underground college show, ten o'clock too. BYOB. And that's it. All right, man. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me, bro. (laughs) Appreciate it, man. And that was this week's episode of It's Your World Podcast. Make sure you follow the show on Instagram at It's Your World Pod underscore. Also on Twitter at It's Your World Pod underscore. And make sure you also follow St. James on Instagram at Life of St. James on IG. And go and like the show on the Facebook page, It's Your World. And yeah, subscribe and review again, people. Let us know what you think about the show. Talk to you next week.